Love and compassion are necessities, not luxuries. Without them, humanity cannot survive. Love and compassion are necessities, not luxuries. Without them, humanity cannot survive. Lexi. Compassion, good values, love. Those are the qualities that come to mind when I think of the Aspen Chapel. I've been involved with the chapel for 28 years. As I look back, those are the qualities that stand out strongly and that burn brightly. They drew me and so many of you to be part of this extraordinary place. This is not just a religious institution. It is a spiritual home, a center of soulful influence, an environment that helps us all stay connected to what is most important in life. It is also a sacred container for doing good works for our community and the world. During this time of overwhelm and global strife, this is a safe place where we can be uplifted, where we can nurture goodness, kindness, and love where we can reset our moral compass when the world tries to throw us off balance. A foundation for our lives and for reaching out to those who need us. It has been an honor and a privilege to be part of this community and to share this journey with all of you. I am so very touched to be celebrating what this chapel stands for with all of you as we mark half a century. So many good works have been initiated here and they began with Bishop E.M. Yost, who envisioned a chapel in which people of all faiths could come together and worship under one roof. He shared his vision with his nephew, Lyle Yost, and it was Lyle who provided the means to turn his uncle's vision for the Aspen Chapel of the Prince of Peace to become a reality. And here we all stand in the spiritual home for everyone, created by the Yost family. And we are blessed to have Lyle's son, Cameron Yost, a trustee carrying on the family tradition. For 50 years, the Aspen Chapel has fostered and honored the spirit of our founder's mission by viewing our world and all who inhabit it as one. There is no other. We are all one. We may hail from different traditions and belief systems, but we celebrate the common denominator that is in all of us spirit. And because this place is open to all, this congregation has given generously to our community. We have shown real concern, love, and compassion for people of all backgrounds. We have implemented a plethora of community outreach projects, including Holocaust Remembrance Services, Watado Choir Services, Aspen High School Scholarships, Senior Partner Program, Social Emotional Ethical Learning, Connect, Aspen Noise, Kids for Kids, Lift Up Kids, Holiday Baskets, Aspen for Haiti, Huts for Vets, MLK Day for Homeless, Whole Foods Delivery to Aspen, Homeless Day Center, Partnership with Lead to Love, Winter Homeless Shelters, Developing Consciousness, Heart in Darkness, Pet Blessings, El Paso and Empowering Girls, Aspen Chapel Gallery Partnerships, insights, and Tibetan Buddhist monks. And these are just a few of the many 
outreach programs the chapel has created over our 50-year history. This anonymous quote reminds me of the mission here. Use our voice for kindness, your ears for compassion, your hands for charity, your mind for truth, and your heart for love. Our congregation has grown and evolved over these 50 years, and each of us individually has grown and evolved. All of you have made a difference, a big difference. Together, we are strong. I am excited that we can set forth the groundwork for service for the next 50 years together, knowing the significance of, of what we have already done, knowing that love matters, compassion matters, and our community matters. Mother Teresa once said, if we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. The Aspen Chapel is the way we stay connected to each other and to source that links us all as one. A few months ago, I met with His Holiness the Dalai Lama in India, and we spoke about the heart and how to have more compassion in the world. I shared with him my thoughts that the demise of values is demise of society, and nothing is more important than educating our hearts and minds together. He agreed that recognizing our common humanity and appreciating our interdependence through self-compassion and showing compassion for the world is critical. Aristotle said it so well so long ago, educating the mind without educating the heart is no education at all. My times with the Dalai Lama and his monks have been part of my spiritual evolution. I have been very blessed in my life to have met outstanding individuals from an incredibly diverse range of professional disciplines, nationalities, and beliefs. While I have learned a great deal from all of them, I know that I'm still evolving. We all are. And I believe that the most important thing we can all learn and improve on is our ability to express kindness and compassion to each other. In fact, if we are to continue the mission to honor the oneness in all of us, it is imperative. And our source for inspiration and nurturance is right here at Aspen Chapel in our own backyard. The chapel is built on the core values of kindness and compassion and has fulfilled that value for 50 years. We are all blessed to drink in the spirit that fills this place and to be able to bring these values into our lives our community, and our world. The new book I'm working on is based on compassion and kindness. I was raised with the adage, judge not lest ye be judged. I grew up believing unless you walk in someone else's shoes, you cannot judge. I've always felt and held firmly in my heart and mind that we must be kind and compassionate toward others and that we must begin by being compassionate with ourselves. While researching my book, I've discovered plenty of evidence that the scientific community is not of the same mind. In fact, I was surprised to find that there is a debate in the scientific world on the genesis of compassion and what it means. There is also dispute about whether or not human beings are even capable of it. And this is unnerving to those of us who know what it means to be a compassionate soul, especially at this time in history when compassion and empathy is so desperately needed to bring balance to our world. And as a compassionate being, I don't want to trash the scientific community, but 
Some of the anti-compassion studies I've seen have left me shaking my head. I think the controversy stems from the lack of understanding about human compassion and the fact that the scientific community is not grounded in philosophy. I use philosophy in my new book to tackle the controversy and to make very clear the case that compassion is part of the very fabric of humanity. I also write about the science of evolution. What many people believe to be the truth about evolution does not fit with scientific views. Many people believe that somehow evolution marks a steady advancement toward progress, essentially that all the products of evolution get better and better. And when we say that someone is very evolved, we usually mean that they were one type of person and then they grew into another type of person. But the, the idea is much more complex than an overnight transformation. All of us are geared to preserve ourselves and stay alive, but this does not stop us from being deeply concerned about others. It does not stop us from loving others deeply, and every single day countless people place others above themselves and give their lives for them. Human beings have highly evolved heart chakras. Carson McCullers once summed up this summary of the nature, saying, quote, the closest thing to being cared for is to care for someone else. Contrary to the scientific inquiries that have suggested that humans lack the ability for compassion, there is a growing body of evidence that suggests at our core, both animals and humans have what is being called a compassionate instinct. In fact, recent research from the Association of Psychological Science says that compassion is a natural and automatic response that has ensured our survival. Researchers believe it has evolved in as much as a part of us as all the other innate traits inherited over time. I don't believe we show compassion only when it benefits us or makes us feel good. I believe in the compassion instinct. That is what makes a place like the Aspen Chapel possible. People sharing that same instinct and desire to help others. We are all impacted by the relationships to our caregivers when we are born. And some of us may not get the love we need. But soon our world expands. There are grandparents, siblings, relatives, friends, and community who become part of our world. And we learn we can depend on countless others for love, support, and livelihood. No human can live without the cooperation of countless others. It may have started in small tribes of hunter and gatherers, and we still have tribes that sustain us, as the chapel does. But our ability to be part of a larger world grew and grew until we had towns, cities, countries, and now a global world. The cool thing is we come into the world with the ability to become part of and navigate that larger world. We are born with countless physical and mental attributes that make us want to cooperate and help others. We have mirror neurons in our brains that enable us to feel what others feel, empathy. When we watch someone perform a dangerous stunt, it feels as if our heart is in our throat because our mirror neurons enable us to feel what it's like to be inside that person. While still remaining ourselves and watching the performance, we are vicariously experiencing what that person is experiencing. It happens when we read a book or see a movie. It's called experience taking. Have you ever seen a very sad person sitting alone and bared witness to the tears of someone who is grieving? 
When someone is suffering, we suffer too when we see it. The same painful circuits that light up in the sufferer's brain also lights up in ours. Milan Kundera wrote, there is nothing heavier than compassion. Not even one's own pain weighs so heavy as the pain one feels with someone for someone, a pain intensified by the imagination prolonged by a hundred echoes. When we watch disaster movies like Titanic, we already know how it will end. We know that we will witness people we come to know and care for die. We prepare ourselves emotionally for the powerful emotions that are evoked. And we know we can balance some of the pain because we will also be seeing heroic acts by the hero and by the people who help each other and even sacrifice their lives to save others. Better still, there is a movie about true events. We get to see a dramatization that leaves us with a strong message about how real people acted in the face of a disaster and almost certain death. And that leaves us with hope. Humans don't just feed their children. We teach them, guide them, nurture them, and shelter them. And we keep them warm and do our best to protect them all of their lives. And most importantly, we love them. We see these behaviors in all mammals. The whale and her calf, the horse and her colt, the raccoon and her babies. Flourishing as a mammal is not simply a physical matter. It requires us to develop social skills. And those skills and the etiquette of communication is tested daily on social media. But some studies show that we often respond in kind in social media. For example, if you send Christmas cards to completely random people that you do not know, at least 20% of them will send you one too. When charities include some small gift in the request for a donation, such as Christmas seals, 25% more people give. When Nielsen sent books out to people entering everything they watch on TV for an entire week, very few bothered to respond. But they found a new way to get massive response. How? They included a new dollar bill in the envelope. A single dollar. But it worked because mammals are wired to reward kindness with kindness. Most people enjoy things and events in their lives more when they have someone to share them with. And it is not only joy and good things we love to share. Life is full of painful things, too. And a massive part of getting through them is sharing them. We all need someone to bear witness to our pain and help lift our burdens. Studies show that the healthiest people, the happiest people, the people most likely to recover from life-threatening illnesses or to get over traumatic events are those who have the greatest support systems and the most love in their life. Even scientists agree that people with established loving relations in their lives outlive lonely people. Loneliness is an epidemic in our times, and it leads also to substance abuse and suicide. Clearly, we need each other to survive. Our very nature is to care for others, to love and be loved. It is crucial to our existence. By its very method, science limits itself only to the things that can be tested objectively and has nothing to say about how you should act. But there are many pursuits that are valuable and even critical to humans, such as ethics that are simply not scientifically testable. It is not to science, then, that we turn to answer questions such as, why are we here? What is our purpose, and how should we treat each other? 
For those kinds of questions, we turn to philosophy. My new book will include some seminal science. However, I chose Eastern philosophy as a foundation to explore compassion and its meaning. Because this approach offers a school of thought on compassion that is at least 2,500 years in the making. They considered it a skill, like playing an instrument, that can be developed with diligent practice. Even more amazingly, the Eastern philosophical views that have developed over the millennium were developed through ancient wisdom and understanding of human nature. The early purveyors of this wisdom did not have science or neuroscience to consult with. They knew virtually nothing about the brain itself. However, they were somehow painfully aware of its limitations and problems. They knew about aspects in our nature that were obstacles to compassion. For example, they recognized that a part of human nature was also inherently selfish, and that humans tend to run towards pleasure and avoid pain. So Eastern philosophy developed training to make us better, healthier, and happier people. Not only was it aimed at helping us learn the skill of compassion, but at removing the obstacles standing between us and our compassionate nature. One of the Eastern methods that help us find meaning and spiritual depth in life is known as the four virtues of the heart. It focuses on four essential virtues, presence, heart, wisdom, and creation. When we focus on all four, compassion is a natural experience. But speaking of the virtues of the heart, the Aspen Chapel epitomizes these virtues. I am proud to be part of the Aspen Chapel. I am proud of all of you for being part of this amazing tribe. And I trust that we will together serve and support our community through love and compassion toward ourselves and others. Jesus called his followers to come after him to practice a way of radical love, to forgive and help others. I travel to many places around the world, and whenever I speak to people, I try to do so with the feeling that I am a member of their own family. Although we may be meeting for the first time, I try to accept everyone as a friend. The chapel has been celebrating these friendship principles for 50 years. We are a family. That is who we are. Let's end now with a centering prayer meditation. Please close your eyes and focus on breath. And give yourself the gift of letting go. Awaken now to presence within and around you. Remember that silence leads us to infinite possibilities in our lives. So allow your mind to settle into silence. And silently ask yourself, who am I? Beyond the roles that I play every day, who am I really? Who am I? And now silently ask yourself, what do I want? Beyond necessities, what do I really
And now ask yourself, what am I grateful for? What do I feel grateful for as I center into my heart? And now gently open your eyes and bring your awareness back to this loving sanctuary, the Aspen Chapel. I leave you with this blessing, a Buddhist prayer for loving kindness, evoking the presence of great compassion. Let us fill our hearts with our own compassion towards ourselves and toward all living beings. Let us pray that all living beings realize that we are all brothers and sisters, all nourished from the same source of life. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be happy. And may all beings be safe. May all beings awaken to the light of their true nature. And may all beings be free. Thank you and happy anniversary again to the Aspen Chapel. Here's to the next 50 years. <laughs>